0: Welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host Scott Haskin here with our final episode on this wonderful box set. I've really been digging going through this music that honestly I just didn't have a lot of appreciation for this style, but thanks to the Big Boy Green and Blues box set uh, and and Bernie's writing and the performances of the people and uh, you know the cover songs, everything it's really been a fantastic journey. So where do we go from here? We've covered the uh the two albums, the album of uh, alternate uh you know takes and uh unincluded tracks and alternate mixes and that, which brings us to the natural progression of a concert of this music and this CD was recorded in February of 2003, so we're talking just over 20 years ago. And uh that's a hell of a long time. We've got a pretty cool band. If I have this correct, and I feel somewhat confident that I do, and I almost never say that, Uh, the band that we have on stage at this very small venue, uh, apparently it was a very intimate setting Uh, on bass. We have John Gordon on drums. We have Graham Walker on guitars and vocals. Of course, the mighty Bernie Marsden on harmonica and saxophone. We have Nick Pan on, uh, well, uh, Bernie and, and Jamie Masters mixed it. And Bernie was also the producer. Uh, Jamie recorded it on piano and organ. uh, It's all Nigel Neal on saxophone. We have Andy Hamilton on trumpet. We have Gabriel Garrick and Matt Winch. And then on uh, vocals for her songs, we have the return of Sharon Watson. So it's a pretty cool lineup. People that are very familiar with these tracks. Um, at least to the extent that they were able to record really good versions of them. So we're going to start off with a song that we uh, we heard, I believe, on the first CD. This is called Down Home Blues.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Granary. Tonight, we've some very special R&B for you. Please put your hands together for Bernie Marsden and his band. Drink. play me some dance
0: that's That's a great way to open a show uh for sure. Love the combination of voices there. Uh, really nice mix. The only thing uh i I wish for is just a little bit more drums in the mix, just a thimbleful um just to give it a little more punch on the kick drum and a little more snap on this. But apart from that, I think everything else is mixed very well. The vocals sound great and out front. Um, The crowd noise at the end of the song is a little bit weird, though, because the crowd seems like really far away. It's almost like they recorded this from the stage without any uh, ambient mics or or anything um, picking up the crowd, which is very possible. Uh, It it Very likely, if they knew they were recording it, was probably done through the board uh, anyway. So those mics wouldn't uh, necessarily be picking up the crowd, especially if there was like a dance floor. So there would be room between the stage and uh, the patrons. But in any case, yeah, a pretty, pretty good song, a really good job to get everybody in the mood for what's to come. And um, yeah, I'm pleased with that as an opener track. Uh, The next song that they did was called I'm Tore Down. Uh, Oh, and I have to make a correction. Uh, Down Home Blues was actually on disc two, not disc one. is such a great bass line on this song. Um, It just, it just sucks me right in, to be honest. Um, This one's another cool one. Really good energy. Uh, Really like the sound of the band live. Everybody seems to be performing in top form. Um, I did think that the guitars were a little bit louder on this one. Um, You know, obviously you want to feature Bernie. It's his band. He's the soloist for a lot of it, but um, they just seem to be over the top, uh, a little too much in volume for me. But, uh, you know, for, for a live mix, this is, uh, this is really good. Again, um, whether this was multi-tracked off of the board, that would be my guess. That would be the way to record. And even, you know, back in the early two thousands, they should have been doing that, doing it that way. I mean, we've got board mixes from the seventies, so I would imagine it was multi-tracked off the board, but yeah, it does sound good. Everything's got a nice, crisp, clean sound. Um, nothing's muddy, which I like. Um, You can get away with a little bit of that in blues, I think, but uh, everything's got some really nice clarity. You can really hear uh, distinctly what everyone's doing. And that makes for a great mix. Not always easy to get live. So kudos definitely to uh, Jamie Masters for doing a great job recording this. Um, Now, at the end of the song, they kind of give you an idea of where we're going next. And it is true. The next funny people. So that was an excellent song and featuring uh, Michael Roach. You know, I have to say when, when you're a musician and you play in the studio, you've got tempos. And then when you play live, you have other tempos. You know, you're excited. There's a crowd. You're somewhere besides your rehearsal studio. And you tend to play a little faster, a little more lively in the moment. But I have to say this band is playing with some very solid restraint. I think their live tempos have been Absolutely on point. If you start getting too far away from the tempos, it becomes not a blues anymore. And uh, you know, you might as well put a heavier beat to it and make it a rock song if you go too fast. So I have to say it's very impressive. The uh the evenness of the tempos and and where they're at on stage. Um, it feels live, but it at the same time, it doesn't feel like they're, oh my God, we're at a concert and we're playing in front of people and you know the energy is just, you know, jumping all over everyone. So the next song is one that we have not heard up to this point. This is called Key to the Highway. Um, once again, I hope I'm not going to butcher these names, but it was written by Big Bill Bronzy and it looks like Charles Sagan, but the uh, L is a T. So it might be chartes? Uh That's not a first name I'm familiar with. I'm sure it isn't Charts unless you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe that's one of those blues nicknames like Chart Smith because he's always got his charts or he always forgets his charts. I don't know that's what i've got printed in the book so that's what i'm going with anyway let's check out the song here is key to the highway Pretty standard blues song. Uh, I could see why they uh, included this. It really fits what their uh, set list is is like so far. Um, interesting, though, when when the vocals kick in, and we didn't get there in the opening sample, but when the vocals kick in, the melody line is kind of unexpected. And I like that. I like that it was something uh, different because I was already, you know, like, five, six bars. And I was like, OK, here's how the verse is going to go. And it didn't. And, and that was a very nice surprise. But The band is playing really tight. Um, it's a nice mid-tempo shuffle and, uh, you know, very, uh, very on par with the kind of blues that we've been used to hearing from this band over the course of this box set. Um, our next song is one that's a little more familiar and it is called Loved Another Woman. And this is again by Peter Green. And uh, I think Sharon Watson's going to sing this one. oh sharon's vocals are just diamonds on this song absolutely diamonds um yeah I might remember this from cd number two that we covered a couple of days ago uh this definitely has a, a more latin feel to it i really like the bass on this i like a I like a walking bass uh, for this kind of music, but this, this, uh, you know, this more Latin style is really nice too. For one, it's, it's nice for a little variety so that all the songs aren't like pretty much the same, but it's just a fun little groove. And uh, it's another one that I could just get lost in and and listen to for quite some time, but um, great guitar solos on this one. Um, Again, I, I, especially with Sharon singing so gently, the guitar, it makes the guitar seem a little bit louder in the mix. But other than that, uh, another fantastic performance. Now, uh, at the end of this song, they announced that they are going to take a short break, but that's not something that we're going to do. We're going to keep going. Our next song, uh, track seven on this disc, is called Three O'Clock Blues. It features Ian Parker, and it was written by Lowell Folsom. So that was Three O'Clock Blues featuring Ian Parker on guitar. Uh, a little bit of comedy in the middle of the song as uh, as he was being announced. Uh, yeah, a pretty good song, you know, uh, just another great blues jam. Lots of solo opportunities for everybody. Um, really nice uh, brass in there as well. Uh, there's a couple of livelier parts where the drums kick in a little bit more when the drummer switches over to the ride cymbal and uh, a little bit livelier, but pretty much sticking to the script of the uh, framework of the song. Nothing getting too crazy, no big changes in tempo or time signature or anything like that. Um, but it did it did get a little heavier at uh, a couple of points, which was nice. Um, yeah, pretty good song, I would say. Uh, again, this is uh, one that we might um, say, you know, I could see why they would do it. It really fits along with what they were doing and um speaking of songs that fit with what they're doing that you might remember this one from cd number two this is called man or mouse Yeah. Another really cool song. And, and I have to say uh very faithful from what I remember listening to um, the studio version, but, but I have to wonder, and maybe some of you folks out there that are more uh, blues oriented people can tell me uh, what is common in this genre. Do they, you know, do they have a structure with just a, a basic rhythmic mixture with open spots for solos? Are the solos pretty close uh, typically to the original song? Is it performed like a a rock song would be? Um, How's it done? Is it uh, really just kind of open free form or, you know, or or really more um, structured? I would be very curious to know as far as the solos go, because the music beds seem to be about the same or very similar. So um, they're really just supportive of vocals and solos. So it's really it's interesting how this genre seems to work. Uh, but I'd be curious to know a little more on the specifics, especially when it comes to performing live. I, I'm, I'm curious, so anyone who can fill me in, feel free to write me at scott at scotthaskin.com dot com, or um, you know, on if you see a uh, post for the episode on the socials, you can comment on that. Either way, I would love to know. So that uh, that is man or mouse that takes us to our next song, Place in My Heart. This is another one from CD number two. This one's going to be featuring Sharon Watson again. Thank <laughs> you.
2: Sometimes I wonder, what am I going to do? Sometimes I'm so afraid. I'm afraid I'm you.
0: Well, if you're going to have Sharon Watson on your stage, why not let that woman sing? She's got such a glorious voice, such control over the power. There's some really good, um, power spots in this song, uh, where everybody kind of ramps up and it's a a really good version of it. I have to say, I don't know whether I like this one or the studio version better, to be honest, but, uh, the horns sound really nice on this version. I, I like them a lot. Um, just has a really good feel. It's really patient, but it, it punches in when it needs to. And, um, yeah, they did a great job with this song. The next song on our list is a cover of a song called How Sweet It Is by Holland Dozier and Holland. Beautiful duet. Uh, I absolutely love this version. Uh, this was one of the songs that I grew up on, and I'm pretty sure it was the Marvin Gaye version that I knew. Uh, could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is the that version. But this is very nice, uh, very faithful to the original. Um, done a little bit differently, a little bit faster than the one I'm used to. But you know, they're live on stage, of course, it's going to be a little faster. Uh, Really great duet, though. Uh, Great horns, great balance in the mix. Uh, Consistently through this album, the mix has been very, very good. Um, Had a couple of nitpicky issues with it, but I'm a nitpicky old audio engineer. So, of course, I'm going to have issues with everything. Um, But great, great version of it. Um, Our next song, Second to Last, is a cover of a song by Isaac Hayes and Davia Porter. And this is called Hold On, I'm Coming. Okay. So the weirdest thing just happened to me. Well, not the weirdest thing I've had weirder things happen, but, uh, I was convinced that that, uh, horn part was soul man by Sam and Dave. So I had to go back and listen to that really quick. And, uh, no, it is not, it's, it's a similar part, but it's a different progression, but man, I was like, that's, uh, it wasn't. So anyway, that's what I've been going through, but this is a, a really nice version of the song. It's very, um, very much together you can hear the unity in the voice and um everybody's just right in the pocket on the song and uh and it's nice to hear some other songs live than what we've heard on the CDs already as well as some live representations of those songs it's a really good mix and uh yeah i i really dig this i'm not a big fan of listening to live music and the reason is for those of you who uh haven't listened to the show before when i've talked about it um Mainly for for live music, to me, the the charm is being there in the moment with the band. They can The jams can go wherever the jams go. The energy, the tempo, it all makes sense when you're there. When you're listening to it after the fact, songs might sound too fast or too slow or out of context because you're not there. You don't understand why the song is going on for seven and a half minutes when it's a two minute song. Um, you know, there's there's a lot. To be desired to me about listening to most live music outside of the actual concert now if you were at this show or at one of their shows on um, say this tour or a similar tour um that would be different because you've got experience with this band this set list how they played and it would be more in context to listen to a live recording um, but if you're not familiar with the band to me uh, I, i've never been a fan of it but i have to say i have enjoyed every single song that's been on this uh, CD so far. We have one more to go. There's a very good chance I'm going to like it. Uh, The final track that we're going to cover, not only on this CD, but in this box set, uh, is a track from Whitesnake that Bernie co-wrote with uh, the mighty DC David Coverdale himself, Uh, Here I Go Again. This song originally appeared on the Saints and Sinners album as a much more bluesy song. It was re-recorded by the band post-Bernie Marsden, Uh, for the white snake in 1987 or sometimes considered self-titled album and uh, was done with a much heavier uh, up-tempo rock version of the song. Um, That was the original version I heard was, was the rock version off of white snake 87. And it wasn't for um, a couple of years that I would have gotten a copy of saints and sinners and heard the original version of the song, uh, which I also like very much. They're two very different versions. Um, but uh, Bernie was a big part of that. They also covered uh, on that album Crying in the Rain from the same album, Saints and Sinners. And uh, again, kind of like pushed it into a, a, a rock. I don't even want to say it's a ballad because it, it's, it's really not. It's just a heavier version of the uh, the song that was on uh, Saints and Sinners. Both or All four are really good versions of these songs. So let's see what they did live with Here I Go Again.
1: close to my heart. I And the songs of yesterday I've made up my mind And I am wasting no more time Though I keep searching for an answer I never seem to find what I'm looking for strength to carry on
0: this is a beautifully done duet a very lovely version of the song um something quite different from from what i've heard in the past and uh, i've heard what three different versions because they had the saints and sinners version the uh white snake 87 version and then that really weird record company forced um programmed version that um was really bizarre. I remember uh, David Coverdale saying that he was not a fan of it. Um, but yeah, this is great. It's uh, really like a campfire version. If it was an acoustic guitar instead of an electric, it would have been a really nice, uh, you know, everybody just sitting on a log while the campfire dies out and everybody kind of sings that song before they, they part ways for the night. Um, really, really nice rendition of the song. I have to say, I, I'm really impressed with this box set. Uh, On a side note, I did have a couple of very, very nice uh, interactions with David Coverdale back a couple years or so ago uh, when I had uh, Twitter accounts. I had three of them at the time. They're all quite happily uh, disassembled now. Um, But uh, David and I had a couple of very nice uh, brief but wonderful conversations. And I have to say, uh, I am really glad that I got the chance to review these. Thanks again to Cherry Red Records for giving me the opportunity to go through these songs and share them with you guys. The links are, as always, in the show notes where you can buy directly from Cherry Red Records, as well as other outlets that I'm aware of. Uh, I don't believe this was on iTunes, but it was on Amazon, if I remember right, Uh, but all the... Actual, correct, and factual things will be in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for taking this journey with me. If you stuck with me through all four CDs, maybe you just popped on for this one because it was live and that's what you wanted to dig into. But a lot of great material. And and again, I have to say it one more time. For a guy who's not a big fan of blues music, who doesn't ever crave listening to it, who's never once woken up and said, man, I got to hear the blues today. Never once have I said that in my 50 years. Um, I have to say, I really enjoyed these songs. I, I think they're fantastic. Um, the ones that were covers, uh, most of them, I don't know the originals, a couple of these live tunes I did, um, but uh, I, I've enjoyed them. And then of course, the, the originals written by Bernie or Bernie and others. Um, just great stuff all the way around. So if you guys enjoyed what you heard here and want to dig into the rest, do check out the box set, grab the link in the show notes and, uh, go get yourself a copy. In the meantime, we'll be back on our regular schedule. I always say that, and then something crops up, uh, at this moment that I'm recording it, as far as I know, we'll be back on our Wednesday schedule. Uh, who knows what may happen between now and then although that's only a few days away from when I'm recording this. So uh, probably nothing will happen in that time. But you know what? You never know. That's just how it goes. But thank you guys again for joining me for another four-part series of the Haskin Cast podcast. Thank you to Bernie Marson for the wonderful music and your band. And thank you to Cherry Red Records. Uh, I, I love working with you guys on these and uh, sharing the music that you guys help get out into the world. Uh, without distributors, we would not have music to listen to. So distributors are very important. And Cherry Red Records, honestly, they're they're one of the best. Absolutely one of the best. And I think you guys have a great day, guys. Cheers.